You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs. Steven Simcox here, your host and uh, producer at 1660 ESPN Radio. But this is the daily TCU Athletics Podcast that I do Monday through Friday. I'm excited to be with you on Tuesday, November 17th. Yesterday, uh, I had a good conversation with Matt Jennings, about 30 minutes. We talked about sort of the, uh, the future of this TCU program, where they are right now, the school and the administration possibly having to have a, a tough conversation with Gary Patterson in the coming months about, you know, basically we're just at a crossroads. I think that's the easiest thing to say is you're looking at three straight years of at best they're going to finish a game over 500 in the regular season, but it's really looking like you're probably going to be under 500 at the end of the year for a second straight season. You're fighting for, you know, bowl eligibility, even though that doesn't even really compute this year because anybody's eligible. So it's sort of a an odd place to be, and you don't exactly know what would qualify for the postseason. But they are a, a team that's hovered around six and six for now, three straight years, or, or five and five, four and five in a shortened year. So, what happens moving forward? And I encourage you, if you haven't listened to that, to give that uh, a try. You can; it's on the Locked On Horn Frogs feed. It's Monday's episode, and you can check that out. But today, I wanted to get into we we didn't really talk much about the West Virginia game, just because uh, the conversation I had with Matt seemed more pressing, so we did that instead. So I'll circle back and just hit on a few things from the West Virginia game that I noticed um, or that were frustrating, and then we'll move on. It is the bye week, uh, so that'll kind of be the last timely you know, game report type deal that we talk about this week. And in segment two, I'll, I'll, I'll discuss Max Duggan because I saw some chatter on Twitter about Max and his struggles and you go into another week where he's just really struggling to throw the football in the passing game, can't produce much of anything. So I'll discuss that and just kind of where I think we are with Max as your QB. And in segment three, we'll do what we usually do on Tuesdays, which is our weekly uh, Pro Frogs report. We look at how some guys, uh, former TCU players from around the NFL, did on Sunday and Monday in the league. But first, let's get into the West Virginia game. I joked with Matt before we started recording yesterday that this offensive coaching staff and Doug Meacham, they almost remind me of Coach Boone and Remember the Titans handing the play sheet to Coach Yost. And he says, hey, this is a pretty thin playbook, Coach. And he's like, split veers, just like Novocaine, baby. Give it time, but it always works. Uh, And that's how I feel when they run these jet sweeps. It's like something works for this offense, and they just say, okay, this is what we're doing. <laughs> this is what we're doing from here on out. And, and I know the, the jet sweeps and running to the outside on Saturday was in part because West Virginia has a really good interior defensive line, and, and maybe they didn't feel like they could get much going um, up the middle. But I thought Kendra Miller did a nice job running between the tackles. So I was just shocked to see them continue to go back to the this play that doesn't work. Also, you know, the screens and throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage. 
the quick game is not really producing much of anything. And it's just, it's moving heaven and earth for this offense to move the ball. You know, that, that first drive of the game, they get down to the West Virginia 35, and it took 11 plays for them to go 40 yards. And they were getting first downs, and it was like, I mean, it was good. It was one of their best drives of the game. But there's just no, they get no chunk plays. I mean, there's just nothing where they're able to push the ball down the field. Uh, they got the pass interference call on Quentin Johnston, um, where they're able to get out of the shadow of their own end zone by taking a deep shot. And basically, Quentin's trying to fight back to the ball, and, and the West Virginia defender runs through him, and they draw the flag. And they were able to get a couple first downs on that drive. But the thing is, when you don't, when you don't pick up chunk yardage, like when you can't get 15 to 20 yard plays or get first downs on first down or second down, you just keep putting yourself in a situation where you have to convert on third down and you have to continue to execute and make things happen. And they're not able to do that on a consistent basis. And if there's any sort of penalty that puts them behind the chains it's, it's like the drive's almost automatically over, and it makes it really, really tough. So I'm not sure what the fix for that is. You know, in, in their wins against Baylor and Tech, they were able to, to really pound the ball on the ground. They could not do that against West Virginia. I expect them to do that against Kansas, obviously. But moving forward, I just, I don't know. It, it, it seems so broken right now, and I don't want to come on here and act like there's no hope. But they're, they're not explosive, and I'm not sure how to fix that. They have guys on the offense who I think have the potential to be really explosive, but they can't find ways to get them the football. And defensively, you know, overall, I thought they righted the ship. In typical Gary fashion, they looked terrible the first couple drives of the game, but then they were able to figure things out, and they only gave up 24 points. Now, West Virginia, you know, scaled things back towards the end of the game, but that was a, a football game for 60 minutes. Who knows? what ends up being but in the second half especially they were able to dial things down they could not get pressure which is concerning because you'd seen them do that the last couple weeks and they the defensive line just wasn't getting home so and maybe they're not maybe they hadn't turned the corner like we thought they had it could just be facing a couple bad o-lines in consecutive weeks but i thought the young secondary played okay you know travius hodges tomlinson had a rough start to that game, but I thought he improved as the game went on. Merrig had maybe the worst game of his career, but I'm not super concerned about that moving forward because I think he's a really good player and he's going to figure it out and bounce back. You know, Darius Washington had the scary injury, but he appears to be okay. So I thought the defense held up all right. It's not the dominant defense that we've seen in the past, but it's another season where they're able to hold their own and I'm not really worried about that side of the ball uh, moving forward. It's just about can you score and can you take advantage of opportunities to win games. And against West Virginia, they couldn't do it, and that proved to be the difference. Coming up next, let's talk about Max Duggan. Let's continue on, the, on discussing this offense and just where Max is at the quarterback position and what that quarterback position looks like moving forward. We'll do that coming up on Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, it's time. We do it every day. Tell you about Coors Light, the drink that's made to chill. Um, do you always feel like you're on the go? I get home from work today. 
about four o'clock, take my kids to the park, get home. Then it's like dinner time, bath time, getting ready for bed. And when I finally sit down before I get a chance to sort of unwind and do the podcast, I like to grab a, a cold Coors Light. It's the beer that's literally made to chill. Um, you know, there's nothing better than at the end of a long day cracking open a cold Coors Light. It's the one I choose when I need to unwind. When you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. It's great for watching sports. If you're going to watch some college football later this week, um, if you're going to watch the NBA draft on Thursday, Desmond Bain, good chance to get picked in the first round. You can get it sent straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to Locked on Horn Frogs, segment two. In our final segment today, coming up, we'll do our Pro Frogs report. We'll look at how some TCU guys did in the NFL. Don't forget to uh, subscribe, rate, review. Please uh, let me know how I'm doing on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow the show on Twitter, at Locked on TCU. And you can follow myself on Twitter, at Simcox Steven. I don't really live tweet during the games. Um, I don't know if, if you've noticed that or if you care, but the reason for that is I, I usually have to work on Saturdays, actually. So I'm generally watching the game live, but uh, I'm not paying enough attention to like tweet while I'm watching it, and I, I usually have to go back and watch. Typically what I do is go back and watch the games late at night after kind of keeping an eye on it during the afternoon. So that's why there's not much uh, not much on my feed during games per se, um, if, just in case you're wondering. I know a lot of the TCU accounts live tweet, and they're good to follow. Frogs of War, Jeremy Clark, Billy Wessels, all those guys are great follows during the season and, and great follows on game day. I wanted to talk about Max Duggan and just the struggles he's having right now. So the the pass and the play that everybody saw was – you know, TCU's down near the goal line. They're down 17-3. to three. They have third and goal at about the 10, and they run uh, – Tay Barber's in the slot. I can't remember who was on the outside at wide receiver. But they run, you know, some sort of crossing pattern action, and West Virginia just has a total bust in the secondary, and they let Tay run into the end zone unguarded. So he is wide open, and Max sails it into the third row. I mean, it wasn't even close. It was a bad play. Um, it was just a bad pass. It happens. But when you don't get many opportunities, those things are magnified. And, again, the passing game was not effective on Saturday. Uh, his accuracy looks off. He does not look like the same guy that was slinging it around early in the season. I've said I'm wondering if he's hurt. I don't have any you know sources or anything to confirm that. I know Jeremy Clark and the 247 guys have heard from some folks that he might have a shoulder issue, but Gary was asked in the post game about Max's health, and he said, no, he's fine. You know, the inaccuracy and the struggles in the passing game have to do with defensive linemen being in his face. And also he said he thought that he was pressing too much. And I do feel like there's something to the pressing angle. And and there's obviously something to, I mean, any quarterback, the best way to slow down any quarterback at any level of football is to get pressure. I mean, that's just a universal way, even the best quarterbacks to ever do it. If you get up in their face, if you hit them, if you get them off their spot, then they're, they're going to be less effective. And Max was running for his life on Saturday again. But 
on the pressing front, I feel like, you know, in the past when this offense has been cooking, whether it was with, you know, Andy Dalton or um, Trevon Boykin or even Kenny Hill for a season when he was a senior and they won 10 games, if if those guys missed a pass or missed a scoring opportunity, it was obviously disappointing. But at the same time, you felt like they were going to get in the red zone and get some scoring opportunities maybe five, six, seven more times in that football game. When you're struggling on offense, if you get opportunities and you miss them, it's just incredibly deflating. And it's magnified by ten times because it's it's really the only time you were able to be effective in the game. I joked with a friend after that game because we were talking about Max and his struggles, and I just said, you know, part of the problem is it, it feels like there's only two or three plays in the game where the receivers are actually open, you know, like well, like wide open. And if he misses those throws, it, you know, it, it stands out. I mean, it stands out in a big way. There were some people on Twitter that were saying, like, maybe you should bench him. That's just stupid. It's not even worth entertaining that conversation. And the reason why is, I mean, who's behind him? You know, we know what this offense looks like with Matthew Downing. And I don't really know anything about Stephon Brown. I know he was a highly rated JUCO quarterback. The team he was on, Independence Community College, was not very good his last year there. Uh, He's a dual threat guy. But we haven't heard a peep out of him or about him, which makes me think that he's not really taking the world by storm in practice. I don't know how many opportunities he's getting. But anyway, Max Duggan is the best quarterback on the roster. I I don't think that's something you can argue. Now, if you want to say maybe somebody can come in and give him a change of pace, I still don't really think that's the case. You've got a couple guys coming in this 2021 class, and Trent Battle, who's a quarterback out of Alabama. He'll be a true freshman. And then Alexander Hoyne, who is a super intriguing prospect. He's from Germany. He has a huge arm, but obviously not a lot of guys coming over from Europe to play American football. So I think that's an unknown. So bottom line is this is your guy. And I do think there's some questions about him. I mean, I still feel like there haven't been a lot of games in the almost two years that he's been here that you came away thinking, man, I'm really excited about his potential as a passer. Now, he's a great running quarterback. And he's a gamer, and he makes things happen. And he's tough, and he's a good leader. But his true freshman year, they were obviously really limited in what they could do. I remember the Texas Tech game in Lubbock last year. He looked great throwing the football. You know, Iowa State, he looked incredible throwing the football this year. Texas, I thought he did a good job throwing it. They they did a lot of damage on the ground in that UT game too, but he was throwing it around. And then since then, they've, you know, the K-State game was was terrible, and he got really banged up in that game. And then ever since they've they've transitioned to this power running game that they're they're trying to use along with the occasional deep shot. But this is your guy, so you're gonna have to figure out how to use him effectively. And I'm just if he's a hundred percent healthy. 
then I'm concerned about the future because he, he looks like he's regressed. And that might be a simple fix of changing play callers and changing systems, but it doesn't seem it doesn't seem promising. So it's just something to monitor moving forward. We'll come back and we'll give a, a pro frogs report in our final segment on locked on horn frogs. I tell you frequently about built bar, the best protein bar on the market and the same people that bring you uh, that delicious protein bar also bring you built go. You might say, what's built go? Well, I don't talk about this as much, but we, we hit it a couple times a week and it's this great energy solution. It comes in a one and a half ounce package it's uh, very simple. You can put it in your briefcase. You can put it in your golf bag, in your pocket, in your gym bag, wherever you, you know you can store it. It's very convenient. They have three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. And it's just an energy solution. Um, it, it has protein in it, and it's fast-absorbing, so it gets in your system fast. Plus, it's easy on the stomach. It's loaded with good stuff um, like B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. It's all natural, so you're not going to crash later on. And if you visit BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED, you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that website is BuiltGo.com, and the promo code is LOCKED for 20% off your next order. Final segment of the day, Locked on Horn Frogs. Again, it's Tuesday, uh, November 17th. Appreciate you joining me. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcast. Appreciate you uh, doing that because... It's really convenient. It goes straight to your phone, then you can listen to it whenever, wherever. You don't have to search on the podcast app. It's just there for you every day. And also, uh, let your friends know, let your family know. Let people know about the podcast if you're enjoying it, please. Um, you can tweet at me, at Steven or at the show, at LockedOnTCU. Let me know how it's going, if you have questions, if you have comments about um, the show itself or feedback on an episode. Uh, I'd love to hear it. This is our weekly Pro Frogs report, and in all honesty, a pretty quiet week for uh, for TCU guys in the NFL, but we'll run down what exactly happened. I did want to say Andy Dalton has uh, been cleared, and he is was, was a full participant in practice today for the Cowboys. Um, today, I mean Monday. Uh, I'm recording this on Monday. You're listening to it on a Tuesday. But he was a full participant in practice on Monday for the Cowboys, and looks like he's going to get that starting job back Uh Ben DiNucci and Garrett Gilbert made some starts in his place while he was out with a concussion and then dealing with COVID-19. But good to see that Andy's healthy. Healthy, excuse me. And, you know, I don't have a lot of faith in the Cowboys, but they have seven games left. And even though they're 2-7, and seven, they're still right in the middle of the NFC East race because the Eagles and the Giants and the Washington football team are also really bad football teams. So we'll see if uh, if he can get back in there and turn things around. Um, but glad that he's back in the mix and is healthy again. You know, actually, the guy who might have had the best day of all the TCU players in the NFL this past weekend, and this just kind of jumped off the page at me because I, I go through the stats every week, and Ben Banigou had been injured. Um, it had been sort of a tough season for him. He hadn't been real active in what was going on. But he had six tackles against the Titans. And a 34 to 17 win. That game was actually on Thursday night, and still no sacks, um, no tackles for loss. But good to see Ben back in the lineup. He made a few plays, made some things happen. So uh, happy for him and happy to see him back. And Jalen Rager, four receptions for 47 yards. He was targeted seven times. 
Um, it feels like Jalen is slowly getting into a rhythm. I know the stats are not eye-popping, but he missed so much time with the injury. And, you know, he had a touchdown a few weeks ago. They're feeding him the ball. I mean, he's getting six, seven, eight targets every time they go out there. So he, he's definitely a focal point of, of what they're trying to do offensively. Um, but four receptions for 47 yards. Hey, you know, you'll take it. Nice day for Ray as he continues to uh, try to take that, that number one receiving role in Philly moving forward. Uh, Ross Blacklock for the Texans only had one tackle and the Texans 10 to seven loss to the Browns. That was a weird game. The weather was terrible. Uh, defensive struggle all the way around, mainly because of what was going on with the weather. But Ross uh, records one tackle in that game. Um, Vernon Scott did not record any stats against the Jaguars as the Packers escape with a 24 to 20 victory over Jacksonville. Ty Summers, for the Packers, had one tackle in that game. Um, so he does record some stats there. Jerry Hughes didn't record any stats on uh, Sunday. And, unfortunately, his team has a pretty crushing loss as um, the, the Cardinals win that game against the Bills on a Hail Mary on the very last play of the game. Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins, probably the, the best play of the weekend in football, either college or pro, but D-Hop able to just go up and, and snag a catch with three Buffalo defenders around him. So, sorry to Jerry. Tough uh, tough weekend for him all the way around. LJ Collier had two tackles for the Seahawks as they fell to uh, the Rams 23-16. Man, the AFC, or excuse me, the NFC West is a bear of a division. It's the complete opposite of the NFC East with uh, the Cowboys and the Eagles. And the Washington football team, um, four legitimately really good teams in that division. You know, the Niners are four and six, and they're pretty banged up. But um, the Rams are good. <laughs> the Seahawks are obviously very good. And the Cardinals have been surprisingly really good so far this season. And Jason Verrett had two tackles and uh, a pass breakup for the Niners as they fell to the Saints 27-13. to And as I said earlier, the Niners are the team – I really banged up, but super encouraging to see that Jason's on the field and playing well and uh, happy for him. And Jeff Gladney is actually in action as we speak uh, with the Vikings playing the Bears, and that game is in the first quarter, um, or no, it's in the second quarter now as I'm recording this, and he has one tackle on the night. So hope Jeff has um, a good day. I know last week uh, I was reading some about him and he had a much more encouraging day in coverage um, than he had in the past. So happy for him and hope that he plays well. You can check that. Well, actually, you're listening to this on Tuesday, so you can't check that out on ESPN. But he's playing as I'm recording this, uh, and you probably already saw it yesterday if you're listening to this now and you caught Monday Night Football. I'll be back tomorrow. It is the bye week, but we're still doing episodes Monday through Friday. So, Maybe we'll have a guest. We might not. If not, that's fine. We'll just keep talking about some TCU football. Um, and, yeah, we'll go all through the week. And then next week we'll start getting you ready for that Kansas game. But appreciate you listening today. Stephen Simcox here with you. Locked on Horn Frogs. I'll be back tomorrow. Thank you again. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.